if Hannah, for example, really wanted to upskill in the employment law space, that would be an amazing project for her to do that because I'm there supporting her. Likewise, Hannah is amazingly strong in management and leadership training and competencies. So again, if there was a project on that front, it would naturally align with her. In terms of line management responsibilities, that evolved over the course of our job share together. So initially, gosh, I can barely remember this, Hannah. Initially, we split everything down the line with our team of six. And then over time, we realized that actually it makes more sense for us to align to three each and very much on the monthly one-to-ones be both involved or certainly both very much aware of everything that's going on. So it just meant that we didn't double up too much of our very valuable time together on things that could be managed by one of us. Welcome back to the Big Careers Small Children podcast, formerly known as Leaders with Babies podcast. My name is Verena Hefti. I'm the CEO and founder of the social enterprise Leaders Plus. I've set up this podcast and our award-winning Leaders Plus fellowship program because I believe we need to do more to support people with young children to continue to progress your leadership career because that is the only way we're going to get real gender equality at the top. So hopefully you'll get tons of inspiration and practical support so you can progress your career whilst enjoying your young children in a way that works for you. And Rachel and Hannah, who I'm interviewing for this episode, have exactly done that. They are known as the job share pair and they have been absolute pioneers for job sharing in their organizations and now set up an independent business to support others to create job shares in a way that works for them. So Hannah Hall Turner and Rachel McGuire have plenty and plenty of practical advice in this episode and also they're quite honest about the challenges that they face along the line and the difficult conversation they've had to have. They're quite bold women, which I really like, so I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. We do always have a few job sharers on our Leaders Plus Fellowship programme, so if you want to connect with other people who are very, very ambitious in their career, who really love their children, then definitely take a look at leadersplus.org.uk forward slash fellowship. You get a senior leader mentor. Again, some of our mentors are job sharers, should you be interested in that. And we have a really super supportive, diverse community of peers who support each other through career coaching, through getting access to the latest knowledge about how to progress your career as a parent. And this time, this spring, for the first time ever, we have a global program as well, which will be, from time zone perspective, will be working really well for US, Africa, Europe as well. And we may have one for people in Asia. So definitely take a look and obviously you can apply if you have children at a primary school age, baby, you can be on maternity or shared parental leave, men, women, all genders welcome. There's a bit of, you know, there's a video on the website you can watch to find out whether it is for you and whether you're the type of person we're looking for. But we really want people who want to shake things up and who want to do things differently from previous generations. So if that's you, then do take a look and to apply and finance shouldn't be a barrier I should say there are a couple of hardship fund spaces available so definitely don't let finance be a barrier if you are experiencing financial hardship so on to today's conversation 
A very warm welcome to the podcast, Rachel and Hannah. I am delighted to have you here. Why don't we start with you introducing yourself, who you are, who's in your family and what you do for work. Rachel, let's start with you. Thank you, Verena, for having us. Yes, my name's Rachel. I'm one half of the job share pair here with my colleague and friend, Hannah. So in terms of my family life, I am a mum of two very boisterous boys, a three-year-old and an almost two-year-old. So very busy, active life here. I'll leave you with Hannah to explain a bit more about what we do. Hi, everybody. I'm Hannah, the other half of the Job Share Pair. I am a mum to two girls. In fact, my eldest girl and Rachel's eldest boy were born six days apart. So actually, they kind of form part of our Job Share story, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. And I also have an 18 month old. So similar to Rachel, very, very busy at home. Life is very fun looking after those two. Um, and in terms of work, so what, what we do, we are job share consultants and speakers. And so we work with organisations to help them embed job sharing as a way of working through our HR expertise. And then we also work with job sharers through a sort of bespoke coaching and mentoring programme to really help them be as effective as they can be. Great. And I'm intrigued. How did you get on to job sharing? Was it something that you've always knew was an option before you had children? How did you even get onto the idea? Yeah, I guess working in HR, Hannah and I met 12 or so years ago, maybe 13 now, in a global corporate real estate firm. So during that time, we worked our way up in the HR sphere. We were on high potential programs, management programs. And at one stage, which was an amazing stage of my career, Hannah was my boss for a period. So we worked together, we built an amazing dynamic. And Hannah mentioned that our babies, our firstborns were born six days apart. So we were at a drinks event or a summer barbecue and we both noticed that we weren't drinking, which was quite rare for both of us. So we both found out and told each other that we were in the early stages of pregnancy and in a more joking way said oh wouldn't it be amazing if we could job share our role because at that stage we were actually both HR director level so we were peers and we have both a very strong work ethic and drive and a real passion for working and wanting to do a great job but we also knew even before having children that that would be a really hard thing to do in the role that we occupied you know a really fast-paced role high volume role in an industry which you know moves very quickly so we had a conversation at that time about job sharing we've heard of job sharing I can't tell you where I think most people know the concept of what job sharing is but don't really understand how it operates in practice which is where our consulting comes in but in effect over our maternity leave we had very serious conversations with each other about how we could make it work and knew that for us to continue to retain the seniority that we had achieved to continue to occupy a role with stretch and responsibility without having to take a step back, which so many, sadly, women tend to do after having children in a part-time capacity because, you know, a full-time role may not be something that they can commit to. It was just really important for us to try and retain exactly what we had by just splitting everything down the middle. So that's the the background there. Mm, interesting. And you said that you are friends. 
and obviously you knew each other extremely well and you sound like you got on like a house of fire mm-hmm. and you there's some moments in your career where you meet someone like that but do you think from your experience is that essential for a job share that is such a good question and and it's a question that we are really often tasked with because I think sometimes the chemistry that Rachel and I have can be slightly off-putting for people who are looking to job share you know we did have the benefit of having worked together in the past we had the benefit of having an amazing track record in the organization that we worked for but you know it isn't essential to know your job share partner beforehand and in fact the stats show that 54% of people know their job share partner in some capacity before they work well together. I think what matters is that when you're matching a partnership, they've got a kind of common work ethic and approach to work. And you can test that through, you know, really clever interview questions, through psychometric profiling. So there are ways to kind of effectively test that before the partnership come into, into play. But we did absolutely have the benefit of of being friends and and you know to be clear we are huge friends you know we've been to each other's weddings we, we've been through loads of kind of life experiences with each other and it does help it certainly helps if your job share partner becomes a friend but also it doesn't matter and so I think actually I should I should say at this point when Rachel went on her second maternity leave I job shared with somebody that I'd never met in the past for six months and we made it equally as successful because we had that similar approach to work and, and the kind of similar values at work, I would say. The one thing I would just add to that is the reality of a working week and with a job share is that there's often a three-day working pattern for one person and a three-day for another with just one crossover day in the middle. So unlike if you're working full-time in a team, potentially with a, a difficult character that you just don't gel with, which could be the case with a job share partner, potentially, you only have the opportunity to work together one day a week. And actually, we find that the frequency of conflict with job sharers is so low because you are completely accountable to one another. In no other working situation are you almost having to demonstrate what you've done that day to one person and that impacting somebody else's workload. So exactly what Hannah said I don't think that having worked together in the past or not being best friends as you work together should be Mm off-putting. Interesting so do you generally do everything jointly or do you each have areas of expertise that you lead on and you know or you might have individuals that you line manage that the other person doesn't How, how does that work practically? Yeah so the way that we managed our job share we were given a lot of autonomy as to how we would manage the role and we operated as a pure split so we would share everything saying that if there were certain projects that came up that either were more aligned with my skill set so I read law at university so anything that was kind of employment law related I would probably take on however Saying that, it's really important for a job share partnership to understand each other's developmental areas and where they want to grow. If Hannah, for example, really wanted to upskill in the employment law space, that would be an amazing project for her to do that because I'm there supporting her. Likewise, Hannah is amazingly strong in management and leadership training and competencies. So again, if there was a project on that front, it would naturally align with her. In terms of line management responsibilities, that evolved over the course of our job share together. So initially, gosh, I can barely remember this, Hannah. Initially, 
we split everything down the line with our team of six. And then over time, we realized that actually it makes more sense for us to align to three each and very much on the monthly one-to-ones be both involved or certainly both very much aware of everything that's going on. So it just meant that we didn't double up too much of our very valuable time together on things that could be managed by one of us. I'm interested, do you need to be a special kind of person to be a job share? I'm asking because there are quite a few people, I think, who are listening who would describe themselves as type A personalities, so people who really are very motivated, are very ambitious, maybe mm-hmm. have got to where they got to because they are very good at just getting stuff done by themselves. And also yeah. we're all trained to be leaders, you know, like this whole idea of an ego. I'm not, not saying everyone who goes on a leadership mm. training course is trained to be an ego leader, but still the whole idea that you are fronting a team and you're inspiring them and it's all down to you. And I just wonder, do you need a spe- to be a special type of person to be able to do a job share? So <laughs> you need to have certain traits within you, I would say, such as strong communication skills. You need to be able to hand over. You need to be able to succinctly tell the other person what's happened in your part of the working week for them to be effective in their part of the working week for you to be a great job share partnership. You need to definitely be trusting. You need to be a key team player. You know, there is no room in a job share for individual glory hunting. But that doesn't mean to say that you can't be a competitive person at work. You can be competitive as a duo. And in terms of different types of characters, I think it's important to talk about that because actually Rachel and and myself, in terms of our leadership skills, in terms of our preferred working styles at work, we are different. I can be quite direct. I can be quite assertive at times. And I am very much driven to kind of get the job done as quickly as it can possibly be. Rachel is a bit more softer than I am. You know, she's, she's all about leading through people and with people. She's all about the inspiring side of things. And that's why actually we work really well together as a pair. And I would say, particularly in the leadership job share, so the co-leadership models, you don't want the leaders to be the same. You want them to have different leadership skills because actually how powerful is that as a duo? Yeah. And so, so I think, yes, there are certain traits that are very common within the job share partnerships that we've met. But what you're not looking for in a job share partnership are clones of one another, for sure. Another thing I would add is just delegation is obviously very important when it comes to giving your team opportunities and freeing yourself up. But obviously delegating all the work to a job share partner is not going to work. There are certain traits, Hannah Hannah mentioned communication as one of them. And I think just for us, it's always a bit of a a funny one because when people say oh how do you actually hand over and it can't be that easy but actually because Hannah and I are such good communicators and are very free with what we hand over to each other it's very simple for us if you're not such a strong communicator that doesn't mean that you can't job share but it means you're going to find it really difficult to do it so there are definitely a few things and certainly shared values around work respecting one another's boundaries on their home days, as we call them, anything but days off. And having a shared work ethic is really important. And you mentioned a couple of times that that handover is really important and that you're very good at it. What have you learned 
about how to do a really good handover because I think that's really helpful for any of us, whether you job share or not. Mm. Yeah, a handover was another thing that evolved. I guess it's important here to say that the reason we set up our business was to really demystify all of the things that we didn't know when we started job sharing. If we could have gone through the coaching program that we now deliver at the beginning of our job share partnership, it would have saved us a lot of time as we kind of got started. So in terms of our handover, it started as a an email and then it was an evolving Word document and then we moved it over to OneNote. But actually, the thing that really revolutionized the way that we handed over to each other was using the voice memo function in WhatsApp. So what we would do is, as normal, we would write over some notes in a certain structure in Microsoft OneNote, because that's a shared workbook. And that would range from things that you need to know the moment that you get into the office and things that you need to act on right now, important meetings coming up, what's gone on with the team, what is really importantly, what's been the emotion of the week, what have been the water cooler conversations that you will have missed out on just by virtue of not having been around. Those kind of things are really, really critical to putting in there. But I think the voice memo function, which basically enabled us to talk through that list very critically from an HR functionality and perspective, because there are certain things that are very sensitive and you're just not going to get across in words in a way that you can in a voice note. And another thing about that was it really enabled us to live and breathe what we do, meaning we could pick up those voice memos when it suited us in our lives. We had flexibility around it. So Hannah worked Monday to Wednesday. I worked Wednesday to Friday. So on Wednesday morning, I'd put my little boy in his pram, I'd plug in my earphones and on my walk to nursery, I would listen to Hannah's handover. And the whole point of that was that by the time I hit the doors of the office, I would know exactly what's gone on as if I'd never left. And we all know how it is in certainly a corporate environment. You could be accosted the moment that you get through the door. Especially and, in HR, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yes. definitely. <laughs> and any anything to add to the credibility of the job share, meaning you don't need to repeat this. I've got it. Hannah's handed that over to me, which was amazing. And then for Hannah, um, similarly, she would listen to her my handover on, a, on her commute on a Monday morning. So again, the same rule applied. And it actually is a really lovely way to start the week. It's somebody who has got your back, who is there supporting you, who is saying, this is where I've got to, let's work on this today, and then I'll leave you to it. It's just a fantastic way to, to work together and shoot, showed real collaboration between the two of us. How long does it take to do such a good handover, would you say? I'm sure you get faster than mm. once you're used to it, but I'm just curious, like, is this half a day job? It's, it sounds like really, you know, you need to put in a lot of thought to do it well. Yeah, you, you absolutely do need to put in a lot of effort to make your handover work. So for any job share to be successful, you need to be seen and you need to be acting like you're seamless. So the handover is so, so critical. So the time that you put in, actually, you'll, you'll reap the benefits. I guess it's important to say that each partnership is a unique one. And so our way of working might not work for all of the job share partnerships over there, out there. And, you know, the way that we 
handover our business now you know we're speaking a lot more often it's not just like that single handover that we each listen to we're speaking more throughout the course of the week now but I think with a bit of time and thought around how you're going to hand over you do become more efficient I would say as you kind of get used to more and more of them so how I would how I hand over to Rachel now is kind of when I'm working on things on her non-working days I will I'll have I'll always have like a document with bullets so things to remember to talk to Rachel about in terms of the handover when we were working in corporate I would spend maybe an hour before I finished my working day on a Tuesday because we had the Wednesday crossover together so I'd always block out an hour and often as is the case in corporate that got committed to other things and it got pushed back but I would always make sure that I had a little bit of focus time to really think about that handover and I might actually record the voice note when I'm at home doing the washing up that evening but I've always thought about how I'm going to structure it what are the absolute need to knows what do I kind of need to update but I can tell her to like read up on it somewhere else when she's got the time and always giving thought to the tone of the week so I think yeah the input that you do put in you'll reap the benefits around kind of the the success of your job share. I would agree that about an hour tended to be how much I would spend on it. But another huge benefit from OneNote was that we ended up taking an iPad into our meetings so that we could write our meeting notes in our joint workbook. So if I I could just put on handover meeting with John Smith, and if there were no actions, then there's no need for her to look at those notes. But if she did need to look at them for whatever reason, they're there. It's what we need to portray ourselves as is very much seamless very much like one person and as if we were both there the whole time handing over everything that's really critical Mm, interesting probably all good disciplines for anyone really I want to ask about money as well if you don't mind because I'm as you know I'm extremely passionate about gender equality and making sure we get paid you know same regardless of gender and obviously there are more women doing job shares now than men which hopefully will change but do you, at the moment, so in your last job, did you do you think you had to take a pay cut in order for the job share to be allowed? Because, of course, the company pays three days rather than two and a half, mm-hmm. uh, or as in pays six days a week rather than five days. So did you, do you, you as HR, you saw into the pay numbers. Do you think compared to other people at that level, you took a pay cut? No, it certainly wouldn't be. No, that is, is the short answer. We really recommend that all pure job sharers particularly are have the same pay as each other and from a corporate setting obviously it costs a business more to have two people operating at three days a week it counts to 1.2 of an FTE saying that I think it would be wrong on a number of levels to ask somebody to take a pay cut in order to work flexibly we were still delivering the same objectives of the role we were delivering everything that we'd done prior to going on maternity leave we operated at the same level so it wasn't asked of us thank goodness to take a pay cut in order to accommodate the job share I think when it comes to drafting up a business case to convince an employer about why the benefits exist by employing two people at three days a week they are just so far reaching. You know, all the studies show that job sharers are actually 30% more productive than mm, those working it. part-time or full-time. And and when we really think about that, it makes so much sense. You've got 
two people who are very committed to delivering what they need to do on a very procedural level. It's very clear what they need to achieve that week because of the handover and because of the job share partnership. But they also have, and I use this word very loosely, a couple of rest days built into their week. And by rest days, if you've got little toddlers at home, they feel anything but that. But what it enables you is to take a step back from the business. And we spoke to Sam White, who is an amazingly or has just stepped down, but was a really senior job share partner in Aviva with his colleague, Will McDonald. And he shared with us his insight that when you're really into your job, you get two people's toothpaste time. So even though I don't work on a Monday or Tuesday, that doesn't mean that work problems aren't ruminating in my head. And because of that, I'm there thinking about how to solve that problem. You've got two different thought processes, two unique people working to solve these problems. And when you build a business case to demonstrate that to to a, a corporate entity or any business, then there are just so many incredible benefits that you gain from having a job share partnership that totally outweighs that additional cost. I'm 100% sold. (laughs) (laughs) Just to add to that, when you job share, you do personally take a job salary cut. So, you know, we would get three fifths of what the salary for that role Mm. looks like. But we were certainly, in terms of our bonuses and things like that, it was all performance driven. And so we definitely weren't penalised for that. But what I would say that the beauty of job sharing is and the uniqueness about it is that it is individuals work part time individually, but you're able to carry out a full time role. And so what that means is that in terms of your career trajectory, in terms of your kind of scope for promotion, because you're covering that full time role, because everything, you know, you still got those key clients, you can still work on really super interesting stretching projects. It doesn't mean that your career is stalled, which I think is often very, very, very sadly the case with part-time working. And we've always been very clear to say that had it not been for job sharing, we both may have left the workplace because we wouldn't have been able to get the flexibility that we wanted. We knew that had we asked to do our role four days a week, we knew the fifth day there's got to be some form of client coverage there. We would probably be contacted. Mm. And actually what we found with job sharing is that on our non-working days, which we call home days because they're definitely, you know, you're definitely not sitting there with a cup of tea and your feet up. But on our non-working days, we can be more, what's the word, more there, you know, like with our children or with whatever you do on your non-working days, you can be more in it because you can switch off from work, know that your job share partner has got it all covered, you know? And you'll notice, Verena, we just add to each other sentences. And I've just got one more thing to, to share on that front, which is there is such one of the main questions that we get asked or that we are challenged with is, yeah, you know, job sharing is just the same as part time working. And it could not be more different other than working less hours. If I worked part time in the current capacity that I do, so I work at the moment Wednesday to Friday. If I had a part-time role on a Monday and a Tuesday, I would either be stressing about work or contacted, as Hannah said, or logging into my emails, or it would be on my mind in a pressurized way. Whereas with job sharing, Hannah mentioned, you have the ability to be present. You switch off in totality. You don't 
have to worry about it. It's all covered. There's no need to be contacted. That provides such an amazing freedom, which in a senior role is, I would argue, very difficult to achieve. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, so I'm assuming that your organization where you started the job share was reasonably traditional because it's being property. Were you the first job share pair there? You were, you're nodding. How did you go about convincing people? Yeah, we were. So yes, we were absolutely the first job share partnership at our previous firm. You know, it was Fortune 500 firm. There were over 12,000 people in the UK business, over 100,000 people in globally. And to be the first job share partnership, A, had another level of responsibility, <laughs> as well as kind of the, the already senior role, because, you know, you were talking to what we call the job share curious on a daily basis. And also we were role modeling flexibility and different ways of flexible working. So in terms of how to convince people about job sharing I think you always need to focus on the benefits so not just focus on the benefits to you individually because yes job sharing was great for us personally because it meant that we could get the flexibility we desired at that time in our life but also you need to focus on the benefits to the organization and perhaps to your line manager personally as well so you know and Rachel's been through some of the benefits you know you've got double the experience in one role you've got a huge diversity of thoughts around that role so where you've got a role where you may need to make decisions you may need to problem solve you know on certain things the power of that diversity of thought is absolutely huge when we returned to work in a job share not only were we kind of catching up on things post maternity leave but we were also educating the business at that time. And so we actually did an internal podcast to the business so that our client group could understand what job sharing actually is and what it means for them. I think, you know, a lot of the challenges we had were, well, where's the business continuity? How are you going to work through that? And so to kind of debunk some of those myths around around those sorts of questions really helped we had an opportunity to meet with the um, CEO of that of the business at the time who was really interested in kind of how it worked and the benefits and was really keen to kind of take the, the organisation on, on a journey around flexible working, which was great for us. Rachel, have you got anything to add? Have I, have I covered everything? Yeah, I think I would just, I think that in terms of convincing the employer, the business case is really central to that conversation. So being able to There's loads on our Instagram page, for example, loads of statistics, loads of case studies. There's a lot of there's a lot of educating about what job sharing is and isn't. So being able to do your research and being able to very clearly and concisely explain to an employer how it is going to work for them, how it's going to impact them and come prepared with any questions or concerns that you think they may have and be ready to answer them because that demonstrates in every way how strong an understanding you have of of the impact. And I would say as an employer, don't be afraid to give it a trial period. You know, trial periods are there in any flexible working arrangement for a period of three months that can be extended if needed. 
but it really demonstrates how well these working situations can be. And very critically, if an employer, for example, if you've got somebody on a high potential program or a really key talent and they come to you saying, I need to work flexibly, then you need to probably consider them as a flight risk. And not that it should put you under any particular pressure, but you need to be prepared that if you're not able to accommodate their flexibility needs, they may leave. And then if they leave, you've got to hire somebody new, you've got recruitment costs, you've got the cost, which is generally about £30,000 to upskill somebody in their first few months, to you've got the bedding in, the onboarding. I think those hidden costs are something that employers aren't quick enough to recognise where they're not prepared to look at flexibility as an option. Mm, fully agreed. And I'm just thinking about this from a, you know, I'm really interested in the, the hidden things, the, the things that we don't talk about. So actually, before we go into that, can you just say that Instagram link again? Because I'm sure people want to check it out and get all these stats. And it sounds like there's a lot of really mm. useful stuff people can get in order to yeah. make their case. Our website is www.thejobsharepair.com. We're on Instagram at The Job Share Pair. We have a company page set up on LinkedIn. And anybody, if they've got questions, then of course, we're on LinkedIn as well. Hannah Maguire. Hannah Maguire. <laughs> Hannah Hall Turner and Rachel Maguire. This is where job sharing confused things. <laughs> <laughs> it's where the marriage. <laughs> I'm signed up, I think, to your mailing list as well. So uh, there's lots of really useful stuff coming through. I was just going to ask about workplace politics, because there are, and especially in HR, people quite often want to influence you for things. Mm. And you were in HR, I'm sure there were people, like you say, accosting you, wanting stuff from you. Have there been any situations where it's been really tricky to be one voice and to be not manoeuvred from a workplace politics perspective? And if yes, how did you deal with that? Shall I answer this, Rach? I was going to ask you to, actually. <laughs> yeah, because I know we both have particular characters in mind with regard to this, so yes. <laughs> we've, we've always got yeah, a few people that we think, ah, okay, we won't mention names, obviously. So as context, when we put our business case into JobShare after maternity leave, so returning to the workplace as this new JobShare partnership, we had an opportunity to go into Rachel's previous role or my previous role, which were at the same level, so HR director, but different parts of the business that we operated within, which was great. So, you know, we've done a great job of selling that already. We made a decision to go into my previous role for a few reasons. We both had experience of working in that side of the business. That was kind of the main reason. But anyway, so, so I think I had the luxury of having done that role before we came back to the workplace. Rachel hadn't done that exact role beforehand. And so there were a few characters who perhaps wanted to talk to me because I had the track record and may have sort of tried to get things done or or things through on a Monday to Wednesday. Now, (laughs) if I gave some advice or an answer, which they didn't like, (laughs) they would often go to Rachel with the same question (laughs) the second half of the week so on a Thursday or Friday and would maybe say you know I've not not spoken to Hannah about this but you know I need advice on this what would you say and if Rachel gave the same answer as I did originally they would then probably say oh but can we do it this way you know we can do it this way can't we it's difficult when you're in a people role because you've obviously got employment law (laughs) and you've got you know you've got certain things that you want to work 
with and to. Where Rachel and myself prided ourselves um, on particularly was the fact that we were one voice. And so we put tactics in place such as a handover, such as a work in progress sheet, you know, such as on the handover, talking about the tone and the difficulties that we'd faced that week to ensure that when we were presenting to our external client base, we always presented as one. So what that means is that you don't have to agree on everything. And, you know, we've both made decisions within our job share partnership where we probably separately would have done things differently. But actually what's really, really important is that you trust your job share partner to make the right decision at that specific time. And if you don't agree with it, you talk about it behind closed doors. You never let your client group know that you're not seamless or or you're not one voice on things. Yeah, we've got an example of where somebody had an urgent request, you know, on a Thursday or Friday, came to me on the Monday to say, oh, I've not heard back from Rachel on this. This hasn't been done, blah, blah, blah. So we had a working policy between Rachel and I, an agreement that on our non-working days, we wanted to kind of be left alone from the business. But if we heard from each other, we would obviously cooperate and talk. So that was, so I called Rachel and she was like, no, I, I don't know what this is about. Anyway, went back to that person and said, look, you know, I'm really sorry if this hasn't been done. Really, really sorry, but we are where we are. So, so let's look at it. Anyway, five minutes later, the same person comes to me and says, oh, I've just found something in my, uh, in my draft email. Sorry about that. So the annoying thing was that when that person had a complaint about the way that we were delivering together, he made a point of saying it in front of my team that I was sitting with and my CEO that I was sitting opposite. And so <laughs> once he came over, once he emailed me to apologize, I just emailed back and I said, look, can you just, can you come over and uh, have a chat? <laughs> So I made sure that he apologised in front of our team, in front of our CEO. And after that, I sort of said, look, that really could put us under a huge amount of pressure. That doesn't look like we're seamless. And we've got all these tactics in place to make sure that we're seamless. And anyway, we resolved it. So, yeah, I think I think what you're saying here is you do need to speak out because people will Mm. potentially, you know, sometimes not because they're mean, but just because they wanted their way, they might take the mickey. And if they do, in those rare situations, yeah. when they do, you really have to call it out. Otherwise, it's going to continue. So well done for doing that. You do. And I, and I think sometimes when you work differently, you can be seen as a scapegoat or they can blame the way that you work on things. But mm. yeah, yeah, you, you do have to call it out. Exactly. And mistakes happen in any job for everyone. So you just have to be really proactive. And I love how you have each other's back. I just want to briefly touch on finding a match. So if you are not... You, don't, you haven't found someone like the two of you where you're finishing each other's sentence just <laughs> by the benefit of having shared a career. If someone is listening to this and would love to do a job share, where do they start in finding a match? Very good question and certainly one that we're asked a lot because, yeah, we, we're seen to be a bit of a mystical unicorn that we found each other and, and we work so well. But then of all the case studies and all the job share partnerships that we know, They all operate in just the same way as us. I think I would urge people to very much, firstly, look at their professional network, consider who they've worked with in the past, particularly people that they understand their working style to a degree, their skills, their experience, 
and just approach them to ask the question as to whether they'd be interested. You'd be amazed, male, female, parent, hobby lover, how many people would love to be able to work flexibly and free up a part of their week. So certainly sift through your LinkedIn connections and see whether there's anybody that you could approach. We have a Facebook group called Job Sharers Unite, where we have actually, it's a very small group. There's only about 50 people on there, but we've already connected a pair who have started interviewing for jobs together. This is like a a UK-wide group. So the fact that there are two people in 50 who match, you know, says something in itself. So have a look at that. We also have a brilliant partnership with a role, a business called Rollshare.com. So Rollshare are a technology platform where similar to Tinder or any of those dating profiles, you set up a profile, you set out your experience, what you would want to achieve out of your next role. And they have thousands of candidates on there who are interested in being matched. And they also, Rollshare also introduce you to organizations that have flexible roles available. There are so many, there are amazing, flexible, friendly recruitment firms from investing in women to the daisy chain to flexible working people. That's another Facebook group with 36,000 people on there. When you start looking for opportunities like this, they do start to present themselves to you. So I would urge people to look at those resources. Don't be put off by the fact that you don't know somebody. The first thing that you can do when you are interested in meeting somebody is have a chemistry meeting. If it goes well, brilliant. If not, then, you know, you can think of other things. But Hannah and I were so delighted to hear of a fantastic job share story where a recruitment agent was interviewing for a really senior role at a really large environmental firm. It was the recruiter who had had a conversation with two incredible candidates. They both said, yes, we can work full time, but we'd really love to work flexibly. And so the recruiter introduced them and they ended up having an amazing chemistry meeting, interviewing for the role and getting a really senior role together. So whether you're a manager, a recruiter, whether you're an individual interested in job sharing, there's so many different avenues you can go down to starting this journey. And certainly our our Instagram page is a good start to just getting an understanding of what job sharing is and how it could impact you. Okay. And if someone wants to be supported by you, what would they need to do? What support can they get from you? So for organisations, we can really help to embed job sharing as a way of working. So we have a number of toolkits for line managers, for employees. You know, we've got a, a number of processes that we can we can support with. For individuals who are job sharers, we have a coaching programme that we can kind of take them through to really maximise, I guess, the, the value of their partnership. And we use things, tools such as psychometric profiling. We've got a load of kind of career coaching tools that we use for that. If you're thinking about job sharing and you're not really sure where to start just drop us a message on any of the platforms that that Rachel's mentioned and we are here to normalize job sharing in the world of work and so any opportunity to talk to individuals about job sharing any opportunity to talk about our favorite topic so you know thank you so much for having us on the podcast because any opportunity to talk about this we will just completely seize we this probably sounds 
ridiculous, but job sharing genuinely changed my life. It meant that when I had a family, I could still be the career person that I was and I could still have the challenging, interesting work. But yeah, I could still have some of my time to be a mum and the time that I wanted to spend with my children. I mean, some days I didn't want to spend it with them, but (laughs) (laughs) it's just meant that for those critical times, you know, I've, I've not missed out. So yeah. And a really interesting part about our coaching program, which surprised us both, I touched on it before, that we kind of designed it for people who were new to job sharing like us. But we've worked with a number of job sharers who have been job share partners for six years, 10 years, even 15 years. So really established job share couples who understand the principles of job sharing, but actually because they have their lives have changed around them, their role has evolved around them, they've taken on more responsibility, things change, change, that actually it's a fantastic way to refresh their partnership as well. So in terms of the feedback we've received from both new job sharers and established job sharers, it's positive on every level because the principles really are are the same. Great. And we're coming to the end of our podcast, although I could keep talking for a very long time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so if someone is listening to this and wants to start to explore a job share, they're working full time in a reasonably old fashioned organization. What are the two or three things they could do this week, very simple first steps to get the ball rolling to explore this? I think certainly when it comes to working flexibly, you know, the pandemic has been horrific on so many levels. We're very hopeful that one positive outcome of the pandemic is that the world of work has changed and hopefully it's changed for good. We are very hopeful that the attitudes to flexible working, the stigmas associated with working from home or part-time working will start to decrease. So I think one thing I would say is if you're thinking about job sharing, don't automatically discount it because you assume that your employer will say no. You mentioned earlier, we worked in a very traditional, incredibly male-dominated, male-heavy firm by way of senior leadership. And we could be forgiven for thinking there is just no way. But we were offered both roles. We were offered both my role and Hannah's role. And don't assume it's a no. Have a think about it in the round and definitely consider approaching your line manager to mention that you're looking for flexibility. Mm. And for me, things to do this week, if you're thinking about job sharing, focus on how it would work in practice. So for you individually, think about your personal financials, Think about what you would do on your days off. Are there classes for your children? You know, would you want to do some thing on your hobbies? You know, think about what success would look like for you to take a step back from work for the couple of days that you're not working. So that's individual. And then in terms of your role, think about how could it actually work in practice as a job share? Because when you're putting together that business case, that's the question you're going to be asked. You know, what, what would be the benefits to my team? If I job shared, how would my clients view it? Um, So really think about the practicalities as far as you can at this stage. Mm, Absolutely. And I think there's so much that we can all do just by using our networks as well. So obviously you're a brilliant resource with Leaders Plus, some of our mentors, our job share people and LinkedIn. You can just reach out to people and see there might be someone in your organization already who is doing a job share. So just looking at that. 
and trying to connect to people will be very powerful. Thank you so much. There's been so much really rich, practical advice in this conversation. And I really learned a lot myself. And thank you for being so open about the, the things that you've done and the trials and tribulations. And I wish you all the very, very best with the work you're doing. And I will definitely continue to support it. It's fantastic. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon in the future. Thank you so much. We really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. And if it's been helpful to you in any way, please do share it with your friends, with your families on or on social media. And thank you to everyone who's been suggesting guests. It's been really awesome. And I keep receiving email from people about how it's made an impact, which I so love because it gives me, it continues giving me the excuse to do this podcast because I hear that it makes a difference to you. I also love meeting people who are listening face to face or in an online program and if you're interested in in that then do check out the leaders plus fellowship it's leadersplus.org.uk forward slash fellowship and the applications close on the 1st of march for this year's intake so do take a look you can also arrange a call with a member of the team or myself if you have any questions it's a multi-award winning program to support parents to progress their careers you get a senior leader mentor you get world-class workshops that are all about career progression with young children and you'll be there with lots of other people who are all different but who are all share have the same goal of having a really fulfilling meaningful career who don't want to choose between a young kids and a career and who just want to do things a bit differently and shake things up so do take a look i really would love to have some people from this podcast apply and even if you can't join this cohort there are a couple of really awesome events coming up including quite a quirky valentine's day event should anyone listening want to send their partner to learn how to have their career supported which to be honest i think is actually much more romantic to learn how to support your partner's career rather than just um, sending across some roses anyways i thank you again for listening and have a fantastic rest of the week bye bye